What's happening, everybody? On today's show, some brutal news out of Knoxville as they lose their starting quarterback, Hendon Hooker, to an ACL injury following their blowout loss at South Carolina. We'll give you our SEC Week 12 winners of the weekend, run through who depressed as we head into the final week of the regular season. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Happy Thanksgiving week to everybody. I'm Chris Gordy, and thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. All right, before we get into our winners of the weekend, we do have to uh, run through some uh, pretty brutal news out of Tennessee as the Vols have announced they've lost quarterback Hendon Hooker for the season late in their blowout loss at South Carolina on Saturday night, trailing 49-31. to Hooker, he uh, crumpled to the field in pain after a non-contact left knee injury as Hooker was running to his left on a speed option play. He planted his foot uh, to make a cut upfield as he planted his left leg, his knee buckled, and he fell to the ground and fumbled in the process. After further evaluation, the school... Confirmed Hooker suffered a torn ACL, ending his phenomenal season. He was a super senior who transferred to Tennessee from Virginia Tech prior to the 2021 season. And uh, as the school made an announcement on Sunday, they released this statement. They said, forever Tennessee legend and the ultimate teammate. We know Hendon will come back stronger than ever as he embarks on a promising NFL future. Thank you, Hendo. Uh, Hooker was considered one of the top candidates for the Heisman Trophy next month in New York. He's also going to be a finalist in a lot of other postseason awards. I would just hope that a lot of the writers and folks who are voting for a lot of these postseason awards don't count it against him losing the, the last week. Of course, you know maybe for the Heisman, if C.J. Stroud goes off uh, in the game against Michigan this weekend, Big Ten title game and all that, there's nothing you can do about that. But I'm just saying some of these other awards that Hooker is a finalist for take a whole season encapsulating what he brought to Tennessee, um, you know, into consideration. And uh, I think Hendon Hooker should, uh, deserves and should win some postseason awards. So we'll see what happens here as we get going. But let's jump into it. Let's do our winners of the weekend. Winner. And now, your winners of the weekend. Real winners win. And we start with Spencer Rattler. What in the world was that in one of the most shocking performances, not only of the year, but in recent SEC history? Spencer Rattler and the South Carolina Gamecocks rose to the occasion and shocked the number five ranked Tennessee Volunteers, scoring touchdown after touchdown and running them out of Williams Bryce Stadium, winning 63 to 38. 63 to 38, ruining any chance of the Vols making the college football playoff. We already talked about Hendon Hooker's injury, uh, but he was good prior to leaving the game with the, that injury. But Spencer Rattler, he was the star of the day. He went 30 for 37 for 438 yards and six passing touchdowns. Antoine Juice Wells, he had 11 catches for 177 yards. Josh Van and Jaheim Bell each caught two touchdowns. DK Joyner had two rushing touchdowns. 
It was OC Marcus Satterfield's best game of the year. He got the game ball after the win. According to Shane Beamer, it was a career day for Shane, uh, for Spencer Radler. And this win for South Carolina should rank right up there with the legendary Stephen Gar- Garcia win over Alabama that we still talk about from over a decade ago. This one was one for the record books. Uh, South Carolina fans will not be forgetting this one. What's so crazy about this one is just a week ago, South Carolina's offense looked abysmal down in the swamp as they lost 38-6. to Just a few weeks ago, their last game at Williams-Brice, they lost 23-10 to Mizzou. They struggled to do anything on offense. And now they have this. They scored 63 points. What a win for Shane Beamer. He improves to 7-4 this season with a game against Clemson and then a bowl game ahead. He can improve on that. We'll see. But he is now 14-10 overall since taking over the Gamecocks. And that arrow continues to point upward for him. We'll see if uh, this game can earn Marcus Satterfield possibly a contract extension for next year. But congrats to Spencer Rattler. Congrats to Gamecock Nation, Shane Beamer, and all those folks who... It's been an up-and-down season for all of them, but uh, what a win that was for them over the weekend. Another big win of the weekend. How about Clark Lee at Vanderbilt? Just a week after snapping their 26-game SEC losing streak, Vandy not only won an SEC game, but now they've won two SEC games in a row defeating Florida on Saturday in Nashville, 31-24. Clark Lee said after the game, this is a new era in Vanderbilt football. This is a game where we can look back and see when that shift happened. See if they can really keep this train rolling here into next year. But Vandy, they took a 7-3 lead on the Gators and never looked back. They led 28-12 going into the fourth quarter. Ray Davis, been the most underrated running back in the SEC this year. He led the way with 122 of the Commodores, 175 rushing yards, 18 more rushing yards for him in their last game, and that'll get him over the century mark on the season. He is third best in the SEC uh, in rushing yards with the wins at Kentucky and at home against Florida. Vandy, like we says, won SEC games in a row for the first time since 2018 when they beat Ole Miss and Tennessee that year. At 5-6, and six, they are one win away from being bowl eligible. That's going to be tough. It's Tennessee. Uh, But uh, they had a knack for recovering fumbles this year, Vanderbilt. They entered the game with 10 fumble recoveries, tying for second in the SEC, 13th nationally. I do want to give a shout-out to Mike Wright, too, since taking back over as the starting quarterback for Vandy. He had three touchdown passes this week. He had two total touchdowns a week ago against Kentucky. And on the season, he's got 12 touchdown passes, four picks, five rushing touchdowns. He's just done everything, you know, ends up getting bets for A.J. Swan and then comes back and has performed very well for Vanderbilt. Next up, like we said, is Tennessee in Nashville. Suddenly not such a daunting task. Joe Milton is going to try to keep that train on the tracks for Tennessee and Josh Heupel with Hendon Hooker out. But that game suddenly looks winnable for Vanderbilt. We'll see uh, if they their fans could show up because I know a lot of all fans are planning to head to Nashville for this one. Another winner of the weekend I've got Cadillac Williams in here. Shout out to Cadillac. This was a very tricky game against a good Western Kentucky team, but Cadillac once again got his team the rise to the occasion, occasion, shutting out the Hilltoppers in the second half, outscoring them 24 to nothing down the stretch to get a 41 to 17 victory. Keep in mind, they were only five point favorites coming into the game. We keep saying, you have a running back as a head coach, he's going to help improve that run game, and Tag Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. Man, have they capitalized since Cadillac has taken over. 
They dominated once again this week. Each of those guys rushing for 109 yards apiece. Tank Bigsby with two touchdowns. Jarquez Hunter with one. Tank now fourth in the SEC in rushing yards. He's just 93 yards shy of the 1,000 mark. Defense did a really good job in this one of tackling and containing, and it's crazy to see how improved this team is since they fired Brian Harson. They go down to Mississippi State and force an overtime game. They lost, but nonetheless battled. And now they've got home wins over Texas A&M and Western Kentucky, and now they've got the Iron Bowl. Cadillac has got this team believing, and I think they're going to have a chance in Tuscaloosa. For the Iron Bowl at five and six, if they win that one, it would get them bowl eligible. And I do think you still have to consider the possibility of hiring Cadillac as head coach. He has done an outstanding job. Again, there's Lane Kiffin rumors. There's rumors on a bunch of different folks. We'll get into that as the week gets along. But definitely some love for Cadillac Williams. A lot of people predicted this was going to be a close one, and he said, "Nah, it ain't going to be close." As Auburn wins big. Another winner of the weekend, I've got Rocket Sanders in here. It's amazing how Arkansas's offense runs so much smoother with K.J. Jefferson at the helm, but that's exactly what they did in a shocking blowout win over number 14 Ole Miss in Fayetteville as the Razorbacks won 42-27. Rocket Sanders did not do much a week ago against LSU, but this week he was unstoppable. 24 rushes, 232 yards, three rushing touchdowns. He had a 68-yard run in this one, averaged almost 10 yards a carry, do have to give a bit of a hat tip to Ole Miss. Despite losing big, the Ole Miss running backs also had a day. Quinshawn Judkins rushed for 214 yards. Zach Evans rushed for 207. Ole Miss recorded 703 yards of offense. But it was Arkansas that won big. And how about this to watch heading into the final week of the regular season? Quinshawn Judkins still leads the SEC in rushing with 1,385 yards. Rocket Sanders is just six yards behind him at 1379. So whatever Judkins does on Thursday night in the Egg Bowl, Sanders will have a chance to answer and try to top that in his Friday game against Mizzou to see who will end up being the leading rusher in the SEC on the season. You know, doesn't mean a whole lot, but still kind of a cool thing to say, and I know both those guys want to have that distinction as the season winds down. Another winner of the weekend, how about the LSU defense? I'm not sure how many of you watched LSU's 41-10 win over UAB. And the thought may be, well, it was just UAB, big deal. But UAB running back Dwayne McBride was among the leaders in the country at rushing the football. LSU held him to by far his worst game. Just 13 carries for only 34 yards. On the season, he's got over 1,400 rushing yards, fourth most in the country. He was just named Conference USA Player of the Week a week ago. And this week, LSU shut him down. UAB ran for just 48 yards as a team. They were 4-14 on third downs, 0-3 on fourth down. Stud linebacker Harold Perkins, five tackles, two tackles for a loss, a pass defensed. Greg Penn had eight tackles. Ali Gay had a sack. And LSU's defense, they're going to get another chance to feast this week against a bad Texas A&M offense over in College Station. And they can use this one as a dress rehearsal as they get ready for Georgia in the SEC championship game. So shout out to LSU. Another winner of the weekend, I've got Jace McClellan. It wasn't Alabama's prettiest win of the season, but they shut out Austin P on Saturday, 34-0, in a game where we didn't see several starters for Alabama, including Jameer Gibbs, Eli Ricks, Cam Latu. They leaned heavily on running back Jace McClellan, who had his best game in a tied uniform. 17 carries, 156 yards, two rushing touchdowns. That's over nine yards per carry he averaged. And this comes a week after he ran for 84 yards at Ole Miss. And now the junior running back has looked pretty solid this season. Almost 100 carries for almost 600 yards. 
Bama did lose uh, their starting left tackle, Tyler Steen, in this one with a twisted ankle. Saban says he's day-to-day. And uh, hat tip to Bryce Young. He threw for 220 yards and two touchdowns. Jermaine Burton had his best game since he transferred to Alabama with seven catches for 128 yards and two touchdowns. And Alabama will attempt to finish strong in what they consider a disappointing season. They will host Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Another winner of the weekend, and I choose the word winner lightly, uh, Kentucky lost to Georgia, no doubt. But I got to give some credit to their defense. They held Georgia to just 16 points and a 16-6 loss to the Dogs. They come up with several goal line stands. They held Georgia to several short field goals. They held Stetson Bennett without a touchdown, just 116 yards passing with an interception. Georgia run game was very good. Kenny McIntosh led the way with 143 rush yards, but I think you got to give Mark Stoops' team a lot of credit for how they battled. They kept giving their offense a chance in this one. Jordan Wright had 10 tackles and the interception. Zion Childress had nine tackles, and now Mark Stoops reportedly getting paid despite the loss is reportedly signed an extension at Kentucky through June 2031 that raises his salary to $8.6 million a year. That's up from $6.3 million, which he was originally getting paid. That salary takes him slightly above John Calipari in Lexington. The deal was reportedly signed back on November 11th, just before they lost to Vanderbilt. Now Kentucky sits at 6-5 and five overall. They finish SEC play at 3-5. and five. And a home game against Louisville looms as they try to finish the season on a high note before they head off to their bowl game. A couple more quick shout-outs before we uh, transition over. Uh, quick shout-out to Kirby Smart. They clinched the East a week ago. They picked up a second straight season of a perfect finish in SEC play. We can't overstate that. That's so impressive. It came away as just the third SEC team since 1992 to post consecutive 8-0 marks in the SEC Alabama did it in 08-09. Florida did it in 95-96. So, uh, again, just the third team since 1992 to do that. Go back-to-back undefeated seasons in SEC play. Very impressive. Another winner of the weekend, I had Will Rogers in here. Not a whole lot here, but a quick shout-out to him. As Mississippi State beat East Tennessee State 56-7. Rogers was 30 for 37, 300 yards and five touchdown passes. Continues to lead the entire SEC in passing yards with an impressive 3,474 yards, 32 touchdowns, just five INTs, seventh in the country in passing yards just behind USC's Caleb Williams, and State is now 7-4 in the year with a chance at an eighth win Thanksgiving night in the Egg Bowl. And another quick mention, shout-out to Brady Cook at Mizzou. Mizzou beat up New Mexico State 45-14. Cook threw for 251 yards and three touchdowns and was the leading rusher with 71 yards on the ground. That gets Mizzou to 5-6 on the year. If they can knock off Arkansas this weekend, they will be bowl eligible. And there you have it. That is the latest. Uh, Those are our winners of the weekend. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll tell you who depressed us this week in the SEC. But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Locked on SEC listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. It's their biggest offer of the year. You don't want to miss it. You can uh, check them out uh, throughout the holidays. Obviously, they've got uh, great uh, deals going on. They've been named the best home security system of 2022. 
uh, by U.S. News and World Report, a third year in a row in an emergency. 24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. With their top-rated Simply Safe app, you can stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that we recommend. Get 50% off your new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. It's their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simply safe, S I M P L I, safe.com slash locked on college. There is no safe like Simply Safe. This episode also brought to you by our friends over at the Tax Act Texas Bowl. It is Houston's biggest college football event, returning December 28th with the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Don't miss out on your chance to be a part of the passion, the pageantry, and the fun as the college football season draws to a close with the Big 12 taking on the SEC in a primetime showdown at NRG Stadium with conference bragging rights on the line. Tickets will go on sale very soon, Sunday, December 4th, at TaxActTexasBowl.com, but you can visit their website today and join the priority wait list now to get your first chance to buy tickets and exclusive discounts. That's Texas, uh, TaxActTexasBowl.com. Tailgating live music, great drinks and food, and the spirit and energy that make college football so much fun will be on full display for a fantastic night of college football. It'll take place December 28th in primetime at NRG Stadium, TaxActTexasBowl.com for all the details and sign up for that priority wait list. That's TaxActTexasBowl.com. Continue on here at Locked On SEC, and let's jump into it as we got to get to who uh, depressed us in SEC Week 12. And I hate to do this, but we got to go to Tennessee. Uh, Their defense. We talked about it all offseason that the Achilles heel of this Tennessee team was going to be its defense. We were encouraged by some really great performances throughout this season, though. They held LSU to just 13 in Death Valley. They shut down Kentucky and Will uh, Will Levis. They held him to just six points. That was their most dominant defensive performance of the year. They even held Georgia to just 27. But the warning signs were there. Not closing the door on Florida when they had a big lead. They let Bama come right back into that game. Nearly lost it. And then in this one, letting South Carolina go up and down the field on them. 606 total yards of offense by the Gamecocks. They were 8 for 11 on third downs. 2 for 2 on fourth down. 35 first downs for South Carolina, 39 minutes of time of possession, no turnovers. It was as bad as it gets defensively for Tennessee, and those 63 points were the most scored by an unranked team versus a top-five team in almost 100 years. It is going to need to be an area of focus for Josh Heupel this offseason, whether in recruiting or in the transfer portal, because you can have an offense that's high-flying and scoring tons of points, but if you can't get stops, none of that matters. Tennessee. Need to find some dogs on that defense. See if they can do it this offseason. Also, by the way, can we go ahead and burn those orange creamsicle helmets? I saw a lot of Tennessee fans saying if they never see the orange helmets again, they're okay with it. Uh, Chris Lowe said he has a feeling that those orange helmets are going to go the route of the orange shoes the Vols wore in their 1986 game against Alabama where they got bludgeoned. Legend has it those shoes were packed up and sent out, out of the country for a startup football league. Those helmets will probably never be seen again either for the Vols. 
Another depressed of the weekend, the Florida Gators. We knew this was not going to be one of Florida's best defenses ever, but, man, were they disappointing on Saturday. The past two weeks, they stymied Texas A&M in the second half of that game in College Station, and then they shut down South Carolina the next week, holding them to just six total points. But this week, they let lowly Vanderbilt score multiple touchdowns on them, losing 31-24. to They totaled just one sack in the game. Jason Marshall had an interception to try to get them back into it. Uh, Anthony Richardson finished with 400 yards, three touchdown passes. A lot of that game came as they were playing catch-up. There was no run game to speak of just a week after running all over South Carolina. And the Gators now find themselves at 6-5 overall, 3-5 in the SEC, and a tough road trip to Tallahassee to finish out the season against a good Florida State team. The good feelings about Billy Napier just a week ago all went out the window this week. Vandy may be improving, but most SEC fan bases feel like this. We should never lose to Vanderbilt. That's just bottom line how a lot of teams feel. So, uh, see if Napier can go get himself a rivalry win and finish strong to finish out this year for the Gators in year one. Another deep press of the weekend. I'm going to be very nitpicky here. I'm going to put Georgia's offense in here. I know they averaged over five yards a carry. They ran for 247 on Kentucky. I know all the Georgia fans are like, what else do you want? They couldn't put the Cats away. Stetson Bennett was just 13 of 19 for 116 yards with an interception. It was just a lackluster day on offense for a team that hung 45 a week uh, or 45 a week prior in Starkville. And I guess maybe we give them a bit of a pass because it was a weekend where all the top teams seemed to struggle. It was windy and cold, but hey, you got Lad McConkie, you got Brock Bowers. Let's find ways to get those guys the ball. Let's score some more points. They'll get a chance to bludgeon their final opponent, Georgia Tech, this weekend in Athens before they take on number 6 LSU in Atlanta in the SEC championship game. But I'm just saying, for being the number one overall team in the country, if they play like that against LSU in Atlanta, the Tigers going to have a chance to pull off the upset. But I don't think they will. You'll have better playing conditions in Atlanta. Another depressed of the weekend, they won a game, Texas A&M. These days at College Station, you got to take any victories you can. The Aggies... Snapped their six-game losing streak and beating lowly UMass 20-3. A&M, they were 32-point favorites. I told you to load up on UMass plus the points. They covered, as expected. Uh, Connor Wegman threw for 191 in a score, while Levy and Moss ran for 78 yards in a score. But there are moments in this game where Texas A&M's defense, they get a stop on third down, and they're celebrating and flexing and posing as a team. As if you're beating up someone good. It was 1-9 UMass, guys. Tons of mistakes in this one. I think I counted five fumbles, four turnovers. The school also announced a paid attendance of more than 90,000. If you saw any shot of the crowd, there's no chance in hell that was possible. Uh, Jimbo Fisher insisted he didn't notice the empty stadium. He was asked about losing the fan base. He said, quote, we're all disappointed, not where we want to be, but they'll be packed out here next week, I think, for the things that go on when we play LSU. It's obviously a much different-looking crowd for when they open the season as the number six team in the country. And there's still questions about that $75 million contract of Jimbo Fisher. Saturday's win is AM's first since all the way back on September 24th. Almost two months since they won a game that ends the school's longest losing streak since 1972. It came as the Aggies got out of SEC play and played UMass, who's now 1-10, they're an independent team. Uh, Aggies are going to try to end this season next weekend with a visit from number six LSU and see if they can get up for that one. 
Our last deep press of the weekend, Ole Miss. Just a few weeks ago, the Ole Miss Rebels, they were undefeated at 7-0, 3-0 in the SEC. They were ranked number seven in the country. But we kept saying beware of that schedule because they played a very weak non-conference slate. And we knew the SEC schedule was going to get a lot tougher, and it did. And now Ole Miss has lost three of its last four as their offense. Despite putting up 700 yards of offense, struggled with three costly turnovers. Arkansas ran the ball all over them. And some people thinking maybe Lane Kiffin's mind was elsewhere with rumors of Auburn coming after him very hard. Ole Miss has an extension on the table reportedly. And some think a decision could come sometime this weekend after the Egg Bowl and the Iron Bowl. Uh, the Rebs did drop to 20th in the AP poll this week. And uh, that improved Ole Miss defense. Remember we talked about them earlier this year. They gave up 14 points per game through their first six games. Over the last five games, Ole Miss giving up 35 points per game. <laughs> you step up in competition, it's going to get a lot tougher, and it did. There you have it. Those are deep press of the weekend. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll run through the latest SEC teams where they stand in the AP poll. But first, this episode is presented to you by Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, to me, you got to go with Spencer Rattler, going 30 for 37 for 430 yards and six touchdown passes, no turnovers, as the Gamecocks upset Tennessee 63-38 at Williams-Brice Stadium. By far, the best game of Rattler's college football career. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Wrapping up here on Locked On SEC. And before we call it a day, we wanted to run through the uh, AP poll findings and uh, with the changes that happened this weekend in the AP poll. According to ESPN, they put up a couple write-ups on each team. They got, of course, Georgia coming in at number one, previous number one. They won 16-6 at Kentucky. Uh, Chris Lowe says the SEC part of the regular season is over for Georgia's. The Dogs return home to face in-state rival Georgia Tech. Georgia will be a huge favorite, look to be a more polished team on offense, particularly when it comes to trying to finish drives. A win over Georgia Tech will likely lock up a spot in the college football playoff for Georgia, even if they were to lose to LSU in the SEC championship game. That's from Chris Lowe. Up to number six, see LSU Tigers after their 41-10 win over UAB. Alex Scarborough writes, all signs point to the SEC championship against Georgia on December 3rd win at LSU could be a shoe-in to make the college football playoff. But first comes the regular season finale on the road at Texas A&M on Saturday. The Aggies reeling with a 1-6 record in SEC play, but don't take anything for granted. LSU needed all four quarters to beat Arkansas just two weeks ago. Coming in at number eight, it is Alabama. Clemson jumping just ahead of them. They say uh, when the Crimson Tide lost to LSU or were eliminated from playoff hunt earlier this month, it felt like the season could go sideways in a hurry. It was the first time since 2010 that Alabama had two losses before the Iron Bowl. No chance to play for the SEC championship. What's there left to play for? Nick Saban's squad sticking it out. They won a hard-fought game at Ole Miss, and then they beat Austin P on Saturday. Now the Tide have a chance to win 10 regular season games if they can find a way to beat Auburn at home in the Iron Bowl on Saturday. Tennessee Vols, they dropped to number nine in the AP poll. 
And uh, Chris Lowe says, talk about a deflating loss. The Vols were ranked number five, seemingly in good shape, and came there, collapsed at South Carolina. They were outplayed, outcoached, and they lose quarterback Hendon Hooker. He was replaced by Joe Milton. Tennessee now wraps up the regular season Saturday with a road game at Vandy, which has won its past two SEC games, playing for a chance to become bowl eligible. Lastly, coming in at number 20, it's the Ole Miss Rebels. Like we talked about, uh, Chris Lowe says, all of a sudden, Ole Miss has hit the skids. They take on Mississippi State Thanksgiving night in the Egg Bowl. There will continue to be speculation surrounding Lane Kiffin and whether he will leave for the Auburn job. And it's the kind of distraction that's never ideal for a team, especially with the rivalry game looming. Ole Miss has continued to run the ball very well, but they've given up 117 points in their three losses this year. So there you have it. It's the latest standings in the AP poll. Shout out future SEC member Texas. They just keep bouncing back in and out, in and out of the AP poll. They're coming at number 24. So something to keep an eye on as Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC near you very soon. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks again for making Locked on SEC your first listen. For your next listen, you can go check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available in the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like I said, I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow for an all-new edition of Locked on SEC. You can find us on YouTube for the video version of the show or keep listening to the podcast version on Spotify, the Odyssey app, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be bringing you all the coverage for the final week, final week, it's sad, of SEC play right here on Locked on SEC.